0: Welcome to the Agent Survival Guide podcast. Happy Friday to you. Happy AEP to you. Yes, it is October 15th, so that means we are kicking off AEP with a special Friday 5 episode to get you pumped to sell. I'm Sarah Rupel, and joining me today on the podcast is Jason Myers from Ritter Insurance Marketing. He's our Director of Sales out west, so if you work out in California or any of the other states out his way chances are you've talked with him. Welcome to the podcast, Jason.
1: Welcome to us. Thank you. It is AEP, and I am pumped. That is correct.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to stop by and chat. We really appreciate it. As our podcast continues to grow and evolve, we hope to have more interviews like this one because there's a wealth of information to be had from firsthand experience out in the field and, of course, people other than me. We want to start talking to them and bringing those conversations to you. And honestly, Jason, you were one of the first people I thought of to kick off this series. Quick background on Jason, and feel free to chime in here. You started out working in TV and radio. Then you made the switch to the marketing side, which, you know, many of us do that. There was a period of marketing communications, public relations work, and I believe OneGuard was your entrance into insurance.
1: Yeah, actually, I was in insurance way before OneGuard. Uh, OneGuard is sort of a a pseudo insurance product. They're a home warranty company. But I've been licensed, geez, like 25 years now. And when I was working in in radio, I was a, a top 40 disc jockey in the San Diego market and also in Phoenix, Arizona. I think... The last time I was officially behind a microphone, I was, you know, doing stuff like San Diego's Q106, you know, stuff like that. But OneGuard was an interesting foray into insurance on the home warranty side. I actually got my insurance license in radio as a backup plan. I got licensed and kind of kept it in my back pocket because, as you know, broadcast is so unstable. And then, you know, down the road, I got into insurance later on, but we can talk about that later.
0: I, I definitely know what you mean about broadcast being unstable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well I, I listen to Pandora now so I'm glad I made the transition to insurance. Yes.
0: Yeah, probably probably best. <laughs> so at least on paper the side of you that I know, you transitioned to sales you moved from that producer role to a consultant now you're a director. I think what made me most curious to talk with you, you have been on so many sides of the insurance industry. I feel like you've really seen it all. You have the experience in media, communications, advertising, marketing, sales. It gives you a pretty unique vantage point that a lot of people don't have. How do you think that variety of experience helped you as you navigated that path to where you are today?
1: Yeah, um, that's a good question. It's really, you know, transferable skills, right? So I'm, I'm really more of a marketing PR media guy that recognized the opportunity in insurance. And after years in, in radio and marketing, I, I came off the air. I was a production director, and then I helped advertising teams with copywriting and strategy. I worked at the Arizona Republic newspaper as a copywriter. I was the director of marketing at the uh, world-famous Heard Museum in Phoenix, Arizona. And I was the marketing director for the largest credit union in Phoenix, Desert Schools, which is now Desert Financial Credit Union. Great organization there. But what I was really looking for, you know, when you hit a certain point in your career, you're, you're looking for not only more stability, but obviously more growth opportunity. So I kind of did this Google search for insurance and marketing because I was looking to combine those two aspects of my career. And Ritter came up and which was really interesting, because I had no idea what an FMO was at the time. You know, it's such a unique space being in between the agent and the carrier. And I was able to really use those skills from my radio and marketing days and with the insurance background to help agents. And that's really was the exciting career opportunity for me is kind of doing what I've always done, but now helping the agents with their personal branding and marketing and strategies for success in the marketplace.
0: Yeah, it's definitely more focus. I know when I—it's funny that you mentioned stability because that was probably the biggest thing. Stability was what I was looking for. I was looking for, you know, how do I provide for my for my daughter coming up?
1: Yeah, you know, with I mean, her I, going
0: to school. And I'm
1: still a big fan of the radio industry. I think it still brings a lot of value, you know. But but for your income, you know, for bread and butter, it's if you're a talent on the air, it's certainly not the same as it was 20, 25 years ago. In fact, a, a friend of mine in Phoenix owns a radio station that he created himself. And so, you know, sometimes I'll do like a volunteer shift on there just, just to do it because I still love it, you know, mm-hmm. and to be on the podcast today too. Great opportunity.
0: Well, we're glad you're here. Yeah. <laughs> so given the fact we're kicking off the AEP season, this interview is part of our Friday Five series. What I want to focus on is five tips for agents during AEP. I feel like we focus a lot on the preparation. We talk about that a lot. We have been talking about it in the past few weeks. But now AEP is here. You suggested in our team's chat, it's all in the mix. And I love that because I think it's a great mantra for the selling season. But it also applies to that variety of expertise that you bring to the table and really that an agent should bring to the table as well with their clients.
1: Yeah. You know, it's also it's also a radio saying, you know, it's all in the mix. Um, You know, on radio stations, they play these uh, these little snippets called sweepers in between songs. And so, you know, one of them was it's all in the mix, you know, and so I want to apply that to to the agent experience, too. It's there's some truth to that
0: can't forget that reverse reverb on the back end of that. Right,
1: maybe you could put a little echo on that, uh, you know, post-production or something.
0: Oh, we can always fix it in post. <laughs> okay, let's get into our list of tips. We will go in order from 1 to 5. Doesn't necessarily mean that these tips are in order of importance cuz as you said,
1: it's all in the mix on Q106. Yeah, okay.
0: It's all in the mix. I'm having too much fun. It's okay. It's okay right. to have fun. Okay. That's what we do here on the podcast. It's insurance.
1: We're supposed to be serious. Okay.
0: Okay. We'll get slightly serious here. We have done all the planning. We've done all the prep work. We're ready to sell. Maybe we have a list of clients. Maybe we've got a handful of leads. But at the moment, we're organized. I know I like a good to-do list. It helps me feel calm and focused, ready to kind of tackle my day. How do you stay calm and focused, though, when you're in a meeting with a client? Is there a method that you use to get any nerves out
1: well, first off, don't drink too much coffee before going into that meeting. Um, but, you know, in all seriousness, it's uh, it's preparation. It's recognizing that each client is different. It's recognizing that you're going to have a needs analysis conversation with each person and that there really is no best plan for one beneficiary over another. You know, I was an agent for many years, too, and I worked for Banker's Life. I was with Mutual of Omaha. So coming to Ritter after that experience... Uh, I can tell agents that I've been in their shoes. I know what they've done and I can relate to some of the challenges that they face on a daily basis. As far as staying calm and focused, it's, you know, making notes and going into the, to the meeting with really no expectations about selling any one individual product. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are some newer agents that will say, well, I need, to, I need to put another term life policy on the books or I need another health policy or final expense. And it really should be the other way around. The, the client should really dictate the product that you're going to sell. So listening, you know, asking questions and just sitting back, let, let the, the client talk and then, you know, make your determination for the right product fit for them after that conversation.
0: It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, the other thing that that will really rile up an agent seasoned or new is if you're in the house and there are distractions. I've had everything from loud televisions to like screaming little kids running around to like Huge dogs jumping up on me, and it can be very discouraging because you're trying to have a serious conversation with a beneficiary. So expect that going in, mm-hmm. and just roll with it. And you know, position yourself at the kitchen table or a different section of the living room or house that's a little bit more conducive to business. Absolutely, if you can, you know,
0: distractions are hard because it's, yeah. it's hard. You know, you can't you can't plan for everything, but you kind of have to take that in stride as it as it comes. And it's, it's good to hear about these things because sometimes you don't think about these things before you head into these situations. You know, you don't want to get so focused on, okay, what am, what am I trying to sell? What am I trying to do? Can right. of think of, let's, you know, let's stay calm and just have a conversation with this person and try to figure out, you know, what what they need rather than what I need to plus, get out of And plus, you know, this.
1: remembering their people and you're you're taking time out of their day. You don't know what, what went on an hour before you showed up at the house. Right. I mean, I went into a, a family's home one time, I remember, and the, the TV was so loud that, you know, I'm like, how's your health? You know, I mean, it was, can you turn that down? You know, and you, and you don't want to be rude either because, you know, maybe they can't hear and, right. and you just have to just figure it out as you go.
0: Yeah, it wasn't my parents' house, was it?
1: Uh, no. Okay. No. At, least, at least I don't think so.
0: <laughs> so number two, number two on our list, it's another question that relates to prepping for those appointments. Some of the things I think agents deal with, but how do you relate to those clients? We talked about kind of taking it in stride when those distractions happen, but you know, I have a lot of things that I can usually talk about because I read the news, I listen to a lot of podcasts. There's always something in the back of my mind there that I can kind of bring out to relate and add to the conversation but how can an agent do that and really quickly connect with your clients when you don't have a lot of time what do you do
1: yeah i mean it's that's cringy sometimes right because it's you you don't want to walk in as that sales guy you don't want to look at the picture of their kid on the wall with the football trophy oh i see you know johnny plays football you know you want to be yourself and you want to be natural and don't force those connections Typically, similarities will come out anyway when you're, when you're talking to them. And I would just say, don't force that because it's going to come across as insincere and fake. And you just want to be, be genuine. I mean, right. you know, it's, it's obvious. They know you're there to, to talk about insurance and to sell them something. But, you know, when I was an agent, I tried to go into the house as more of a, a mentor, an educational resource, an advisor, somebody that's there to just talk to them. And, you know, my attitude was, you know, if I, if I close a deal today, great. If not, I'll come back in a week or whatever. You know, I don't put too much pressure on, on the client.
0: So no, no internet stalking ahead of time to find out?
1: I mean, you could, you know, privately. Uh, I don't know how many. There are a lot of seniors on LinkedIn and, and mm. different social media sites. But, you know, you, you make sort of stereotypical assumptions when you do that, too. Right. So you don't want to walk in and disclose something that they didn't want you to know, or that, you know, how'd you know that, you know, then it becomes really (laughs) awkward. So I would just kind of keep it to the face-to-face interaction and and what's discussed at that time.
0: Right. Don't be a creeper. Exactly. (laughs) So being able to connect in that, in that short amount of time is, is crucial, but you know, being yourself, that's, that's the best the best advice that we can really give there is be be yourself look for openings in the conversation that feel natural that don't feel that don't feel forced yeah
1: and be relaxed you know if if you're tense they're going to pick up on that and right. you know you really just want to ask them about their lifestyle their health uh, how often they go to the doctor do they travel you know that's one of the sort of the, the qualifying questions with a medsup versus a medicare advantage plan you know mm-hmm. how often do they travel so if you're looking for a fit with a MAPD or a med sub, ask them the travel question and then you can get into the discussion, oh, you know, what what was your favorite vacation, you know, it's a, keep it light.
0: Right, right. That's a that's a good idea. I like that distinction between those two and kind of using that, you know, maybe not at every appointment, but that can kind of be Something that is your your saving grace if you need it in an appointment.
1: Yeah, and if they travel a lot, you know, they might not be a, a good candidate for a, a Medicare Advantage, obviously, since a lot of those plans are only available in certain counties.
0: Yes. Let's talk a little bit more about that meeting with our client. We talked about some of the things that we, we should and shouldn't do. What is one thing that agents should absolutely make sure that they are doing when giving their presentations that we haven't touched on?
1: I would say, you know, number one is just to keep it simple. The number one reason why agents today don't walk out with a sale is because they've ov- completely overwhelmed the client. You know, if you're if you're going in looking at a Medicare product, well, compliance wise, you know, you, you need to keep it to that. But mm-hmm. you don't want to get too deep into the benefits either mm-hmm. until you've reached that point. You know, there have been many instances where I've met with a client and they, they're like, okay, all right got it. Thanks. I'll, I'll, i have to think about it. Take care. And, you know, maybe that was the agent's error. You know, Mm -hmm. they, they disclosed too much information or they bombarded them with, with too many facts and figures and it's, it's just too much, you know? So keep it high level friendly and, you know, make a, a closing decision based on what you feel is best for your client.
0: Okay. Let's take that and flip it on its head. What should we absolutely not do in our sales presentations? And we don't really want to talk compliance rules here because I feel like we've talked about that a lot. If you're not familiar with those, we'll have a link in our episode notes to the do's and don'ts of Medicare compliance. Maybe a time when something went wrong during a presentation. How did you take that and then kind of turn it around and bring it, bring the conversation back onto the rails?
1: Yeah, it's really a fine line because when insurance agents are trained, you know, they always tell you to cross sell. And Mm -hmm. once you close a deal on a certain product, okay, we'll ask them about something else, you know, maybe try and pile on ancillary products or final expense or hospital indemnity. And that's all fine and good. But, you know, for a beneficiary that trusts you and is looking for your advice, sometimes that can also come across as, I don't know, almost like taking advantage no pun intended, but you know, if if let's say you you just closed a deal on a med sup and now you're going down a laundry list of other products, it can sound really cheesy too. Like you know, how are your kidneys? You know, how are you know? That that was the part of selling that I just did not like at all. You're you're getting into a lot of personal information. You're asking about uh, you know leaving a legacy and and selling life insurance and sometimes those conversations should be separate. Mm -hmm. maybe just two-step it and do a a separate appointment to talk about life products once you've you've talked about health products. Mm -hmm. So my advice is, you know, be discreet and be happy with the one or two products that you get out the door with and Mm -hmm. then build that relationship and make sure that, you know, over time the the client trusts you and, you know, you can send them information and you can be a a subject matter expert Mm -hmm. on certain things. Like our Medicare for Living blog has all those great articles that you can send out that are relevant. So use that, you know, and then come back and talk about other products. But don't pile it on too thick, I would say.
0: Right. One thing that I just want to kind of touch on here that I think kind of came out of this conversation is the idea that this isn't really something that you get into and that you're going to find immediate success with. You're not going to sell all the plans to all the seniors immediately when you get into the industry it is gonna take some time to establish yourself and mm-hmm. that it's, it's okay, that that should be kind of a realistic approach to how agents are trying to go about breaking in and getting into selling. That brings us to number five on right. our list already. It's the so. Friday Five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you said that it's all in the mix. We kind of use that as the framing for this episode but I'd like for you to expand on this a little bit more. Is there a secret sauce to your sales style or the one most important tip that you could give agents for this AEP, for something they can do inside of AEP with their sales presentation, prepping, referrals, follow-ups, what have you?
1: Well, you know, there's really two types of agents. There's the the independent you know, street level agent, they're out there by themselves. And then there's an agent that might be a downline as, as part of an agency. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the saying it's all in the mix, it, it really is a mix of activity. And by AEP, you know, you really should have already done a lot of those things. And that includes, you know, requesting lists and field work and, and holding educational events and, and establishing relationships with providers, meeting clients for coffees, doing webinars, social media, all those things combined. So AEP is really sort of the uh, you know the prom night, right? I mean, y- yeah. you should be doing all of these things throughout the year, and then AEP, you're just kind of going through your list and and writing business like a like a madman for you know for a couple of weeks. So I would suggest that you take an annual approach to AEP, and outside of the annual enrollment period, you know, build those relationships with your clients and and buy. By the time AEP comes, you're you're really just going in and writing the business. There's really not much of a sell. Mm -hmm. And you're evaluating their plans. You're seeing what changes have occurred and, you know, trying to save the money and also be a, a friend and an advisor to them. So that's what I would say to that question. Okay.
0: That's a pretty good answer, I think. So our episodes, you've listened to the podcast before, obviously, you know, they're not complete without at least one bonus, if not more, I have a tendency to fall down rabbit holes, too. I haven't done that lately at the moment. For our bonus this week, what is a podcast that you're listening to something you're consuming that you're loving right now?
1: Yeah, I, I watch a lot of YouTube. I'm really into like Gary V and uh, Simon Sinek. You know, they're they're two motivational speakers. They're a little different. You know, Gary Vee is more of an entrepreneur. Talks about being happy and and being empathetic and and being patient with your career. Whereas with Simon is more of a a cultural speaker. He talks about workplace culture and you know fostering an environment where diversity is welcomed and you can be yourself and making sure that you're you're not in it for yourself all the time and, you know, being curious and interested about other people. And so I think those two, those two guys combined really help sometimes get me through my professional career, but also through my, my personal life too. I take a lot of tips from them.
0: Nice. I have listened to a couple of his, I think I've been to a few seminars that he's yeah. spoken at Simon Sinek and he's, he's really good. Gary V. Eh, not not so much. Sometimes I can listen to it. Yeah, when I'm feeling like more
1: <laughs> more cutthroat, you know, I'll listen to Gary Vee, But when I want to be inspired, I'll listen to uh, to Simon. I think so. It's a good right. balance, you know. If if I've had an extra cup of coffee, then I'm definitely on the Gary Vee side. If I'm a little bit more mellow and and want to be inspired, you know, then I'll, I'll I'll flip Simon's podcast on.
0: There you go. Well, thank you so much yes, for being here. Thank you here. for having me. Thank you. It was great having you on the show. It's great having you here in Pennsylvania. If our listeners want to reach out and connect with you, how can they do that? Where can they do that?
1: The best way to reach me, you can search me on LinkedIn or also just email me directly at jason.myers. It's M-E-Y-E-R-S at ridderim.com.
0: Okay. Can, and- can
1: we play a song now or something? Okay. All right. <laughs> I can talk it up. I'll post it. Okay. All right. All right.
0: <laughs> up next... Um, yeah, no, can't can't go right. there with that. But okay. thanks again for Shucks. being here. If you if you could play any song right now, what song would it be? I don't,
1: I'd probably jam out to some like '80s freestyle or something. You know, on a Friday, that's you okay. know, like expose or uh, you know. Maybe some Timmy T for those of the old school listeners. You know what I'm talking about.
0: Not quite that old school, but I can I can get with that. You know, 90s 90s kind of bridged okay. the gap with that. But yeah, unfortunately, I don't think that's in the budget. But maybe we could find something in our repertoire of music that we are allowed to use here on the podcast. Or we can
1: make up our own station, like you know, uh, W R I T Harrisburg. You know,
0: it's all it's
1: all in the mix.
0: <laughs> Thank you again for being here. Thank you. That is all we have for you this week. We hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy, stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rapel. Script editing by Jack Clark. Artwork by Vivian Zhao.